Welcome to your upfront moment. We're building a confidence revolution. Hi friends, I'm Lauren Curry, the founder of Upfront. We're an organisation on a mission to change confidence for 1 million women and non-binary people by 2023. And we do this in three ways. We transform your relationship and habits around confidence, power and visibility through our six-week online course. Each cohort is called a bond. Bond is the collective noun for a group of women and over a thousand women have graduated from a bond from over 20 different countries. We build community, real, genuine, human community, where women learn how to stand up for themselves and each other. We hold each other to account. We celebrate each other and learn together. Our community is Global Bond. We create content that will inspire, challenge and motivate you to be upfront. We are here to change confidence, not women. Upfront Moment is designed to kick your week off with confidence, self-compassion and agency. Last week, your Upfront challenge was to create a bridge between your frustration and anger towards your positivity. This week, we're talking about the ideas that influence how I lead. I was inspired to have this conversation and to think about these ideas by a book called The Power of Giving Away Power, How the Best Leaders Learn to Let Go by Matthew Barzun. I have not actually read the book, but I did listen to an interview with Matthew talking about the book and the themes that he's covered there. And it's essentially about what happens when leaders find courage to distribute rather than hoard power. We know that creativity multiplies, trust deepens and inclusivity expands and a new kind of order emerges. All things that we love up front. And in the interview, he introduced the audience to a woman called Mary Parker Follett, who I had never come across before and I've been totally inspired by her. She's known as the mother of modern management. And she talked about management being the art of getting things done through people. So she was born in 1868 in America. And not only was she a pioneer in organisational behaviour and organisational theory field, but she was also a philosopher, a management consultant and a social worker. So all of the work that we know today around organisational theory, culture, how teams develop, a lot of the seeds of those ideas stem from Mary Follett. So that kind of thinking about Mary and listening to Matthew talk about leaders who distribute power kind of sparked my own journey or process of sitting down and thinking, if I had to distill the three things that really underpin how I'm trying to lead, what my intention is through my leadership, what would those be? I'm gonna introduce you to those three things today. The first one is this idea of, is your light on? Turning someone else's light on. 
So the conversation between these two people goes like this. Somebody had been at a conference with Barack Obama and the person interviewing him said, so did Barack Obama light up the room? And he said, yes, the room got lit up, but not in the way that you think, because he got all of us to switch our lights on. Now, it's a really simple idea on the surface, but it's really, really struck with me because I think there is an immense difference between being a leader who's prioritising turning your own light on versus being someone who is working with intention and thoughtfulness to get other people to turn their own lights on. And it's created a language for me around the essence of what I believe good leadership to be. And it chimes with how Mary Follett talks about power and saying power isn't a scarce resource, it's something that you make together with other people. So in short, if we work together, we collaborate, we are in community with each other, my end goal is always that you will switch your own light on. The second idea is about vulnerability and vulnerability being power. So those of you who have been in the Global Bond for a while know that I am committed to always trying to be more of myself and I encourage each of you to be more of you because I believe that being more yourself and making other people feel more themselves is leadership. It might sound like saying, I don't know, I don't know the answer. Or it might look like saying, I made a mistake. Or it might sound like, how can I do better next time? Help me understand how I can be better next time. The third idea is about asking for help. Can you help me? So I'm really good at asking for help. It's a skill that I learned early and I keep working hard at. And I think knowing that you need help and knowing when to ask for help is an essential part of leadership and the act of asking for help is also part of vulnerability that's why for many of us asking for help feels so scary and so difficult because asking for help in a nutshell is exposing weakness it is showing vulnerability I'm going to share with you three examples of women who I think role model each of these ideas in brilliant ways. So the first one is your light on. This story is about a woman called Anne Miro Cow. She's known as the most powerful woman in startups. So she's the co-founder and the partner at Silicon Valley venture capital firm called Floodgate. She invests and sits on the board of Lyft. Uh, She used to sit on the board of TaskRabbit, Refinery29, incredible portfolio. So she grew up in Silicon Valley with a father who was a NASA rocket scientist. She went to Yale and whilst she was working as a kind of office assistant for the head of engineering at Yale, he said to her, I have a friend coming today and I need you to show him around campus. Take him on a tour, show him how we do things around here. And she said, sure. So she takes this guy on a tour. They got on well. They grew up in the same state. They've got things in common. And at the end of the tour, he says to her, so bear in mind, she's a student. She's probably early 20s, you know, very, very start of her career, still studying. So this guy says to her, what are your plans for the summer? 
And she said, well, I don't really have any. I think I'm going to go back home and visit my parents. And he said, I think that you should come and shadow me and see how I work. And she says, hmm, well, what, what do you work as? And he said, I'm the CEO of Hewlett Packard. So she obviously said yes, very quickly. Spent her whole summer shadowing Lewis Platt, who at the time was CEO of Hewlett Packard. And at one point, they went to an event together. It was a really big deal. Steve Jobs was there. Bill Gates was there. There was a photographer, journalists, press, and she was there with Lewis. And after the summer of shadowing him happened, she got home to mail from him. She had something from Lewis in the post. And in the post, there was two pictures. One photograph was a photograph of her sitting next to Lou having a conversation. The second photograph was Lou having a conversation with Bill Gates. And Bill Gates was sat in the exact seat that Anne Mirokal had been sat in. And her words were, people have literally put a picture in my head of who I should be and have caused me to believe in things that I probably would never have myself. She tells the story about these two pictures literally exploding her horizons on what is possible, what was possible for somebody like her. And I think as much as it's steeped in all the privileges we can imagine, it is a beautiful and brilliant example of how you might turn someone else's light on. The second point around vulnerability, of course the example is Brene Brown, who else would we talk about in the theme of vulnerability? Brene is a renowned author and researcher and she recently had to explain her decision to resume her Unlocking Us podcast on Spotify not long after she became one of the first to join a Spotify boycott, essentially. So Brene shared lengthy updates on her blog and on her Instagram, sharing details of her conversations with Spotify what she was thinking about, the questions she was asking herself, her team, her audience. At one point, she said, I've started to think about the podcast world as a big high school cafeteria. You can sit anywhere you want and talk to whomever you please. And for better or worse, people can pretty much say what they want. It's a free for all. As a podcaster with an exclusive contract, it is the case that I sit at an assigned table with other exclusive Spotify podcasters. And if you want to sit with me and talk, you're going to need to come to my table and I'm sitting beside Joe Rogan. I wish there was an easier way. Thank you for learning and your support. Awkward, brave and kind. Wouldn't be important if it was easy. Now, the reason I think this is a masterclass in vulnerability is because she role modelled all of the things that she teaches and preaches and writes about and researches about in a very highly emotive, very real-time, millions of people all over the world watching her, commenting, critiquing, and she was clear. And whether we agree with her decision or not, she was vulnerable and that she let us in to the process she was going through to make that decision. You can see this on her Instagram. If you go now, you're able to read these passages. And I think it's there's a lot to learn from how she did that. The third one, the last one, this idea of asking for help. So this is interesting because I put a call out across my community on Instagram and Twitter. You know, thousands and thousands of people 
and asked, you know, who are the leaders that you know that ask for help in a regular, honest and graceful way? Tumbleweed. So that's something for us all to think about. But my friend Pippa introduced me to this amazing woman who I am so excited to have found. You're also going to be inspired by her. She's called Sarah Wajid and she is the co-CEO of Birmingham Museums. So Birmingham Museums Trust is one of the UK's largest independent museum trusts and it has appointed Sarah Wajid and Zach Mensa as joint CEOs. That's one thing that's progressive and remarkable. And the appointment is rare because people of colour reaching the highest level of leadership in UK museums and job sharing taking place at that level. Out of the 45 institutions represented on the National Museums Director Council, only one other organisation is led by a person of colour. So already, just by being who she is in the role she is in, she is challenging the status quo, breaking norms. And she regularly asks for help in the most graceful and honest way. She does this on her LinkedIn and her Twitter. And I'm going to read out some quotes that I took from her online pages. I feel like there must be an inner circle that I'm not privy to. How do cultural organisations find money to backfill positions to enable their employees to go on six-month leadership programmes? More and more, peers and colleagues are opening up about being in therapy. Many have started therapy to cope with work stress. It really helps me as a new CEO to hear that wise senior people who I respect need and use this kind of help. No one is superhuman. As many of us are, I'm thinking about violence against women. Perhaps understandably, many of us working in culture focus our professional feminist values on the area of representation and workplace conditions. So I'm wondering, what is the most effective intervention someone in my position, a museum director, can make on the fight against violence against women? I'm listening. I'm here if you have any suggestions or reflections. There's so many. I, I'm writing to her. I'm like her new biggest fan. You should do the same. With these three stories in mind, Lewis Platt and Anne Mirokal, Brené Brown, Sarah Wajid, your upfront challenge this week is to help someone else turn their own light on. Thank you for listening, friend. Let me know how you go with your upfront challenge. And tag us at Upfront Global, tag me at Lauren Curry, and let me know what you took away from this moment. And of course, please let me know if there's any topic you'd like me to cover next. Don't forget to sign up to our weekly newsletter. Every Tuesday, we send over 4,000 people all over the world links, insight and inspiration that will leave you feeling ready to take action. If you've enjoyed today's Upfront Moment, you are going to adore our six-week online course, Bond 6. By now, you've probably heard of the Bond. Bond is the collective noun for a group of women and over a thousand women and non-binary people from over 50 countries representing organisations such as Nike, Pleo and Spotify have graduated from our six-week online course. Bond 6 starts on June 6th. Six weeks of online learning and community that will transform your relationship with your own confidence. The problem isn't that women aren't confident but that confidence in women is not rewarded in the world. 
This is the problem that we exist to solve. The Upfront Bond course has been called the Couch to 5K for Confidence. I share practical and inspirational tools and insights to help you be more upfront in every single aspect of your life. Of course, Upfront has made me more confident, more sure of myself. People have noticed a change in me. They did after even two weeks of doing the course. But the most important thing for me was it helped me realise how unhappy I was in the job I was doing, how unhappy I was with the culture, but gave me the courage to step up and say something and ultimately encouraged me to go out on my own and set up as a freelance person. That's just an absolute game changer for me. Visit weareupfront.com to take a peep at the Bond 6 details and of course sign up to our newsletter. Bye friend, I'll see you on Monday for your next Upfront Moment.